Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tax and spend supporter Joe Manchin proves he is, in fact, still a Democrat. Aggressive baby-snatching monkeys are terrorizing Japan, and the ongoing controversy surrounding that weird Pepto-Bismol-colored pink sauce made famous on TikTok. Yes, I've selected my Losers of the Week. Then, her husband was charged with murder after killing an alleged Taliban bomb maker. Julie Goldstein joins me in studio. And last but not least, Joe Brand is attempting to win over young voters by putting we the taxpayers on the hook for their student debt. Yeah, I have some final thoughts. It's Friday, Junior, and the show starts now. Another week of inflation, another week with Biden with COVID, and another set of losers to crown. First up is the Democrat senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin. Yes, I said Democrat because apparently some of you had your rose-colored glasses on a little too long and you forgot that fact. But now that he and his bud Chuck Schumer have come out with their Build Back Worse tax-hiking, tree-hugging plan, deceptively titled the Inflation Reduction Act, hope you all remember my tried-and-true advice. Never trust a Democrat. The plan will cost an estimated $433 billion, and most of that dough will go to fighting climate change. As if average Americans struggling to afford gas and groceries and or find baby formula really give a hoot about tree hugging in a time like this. But not only will we the people be funding the fight against weather, the duo of Manchin and Schumer will also be ratcheting up taxes and regulations. And before you buy that load of hooey that only the rich will be hit, Wrongo. According to a nonpartisan analysis from the Joint Committee on Taxation published Friday, nearly every tax bracket would pay more in taxes, with those making below $10,000 per year seeing the largest uptick. But we're supposed to smile and nod at this slimmed-down tax-and-spend bill because it's only 400 and something billion instead of the multi-trillion dollar one the socialists in the House wanted. The goalposts always move to the left as we sit back and we watch it happen. This is a loser bill sponsored by loser leaders, but in the end, it is we the people who will once again be left holding the bag. But switching gears, my next losers of the week are these savage monkeys in southwestern Japan. The troop of monkeys are going buck wild, terrorizing residents, biting, clawing, and even, get this, stalking preschools and nurseries in an attempt to snatch babies. These monkeys don't want food. They want humans. Officials reported these savages sneak up behind children and elderly folks, grabbing their legs. And at least 58 people have been involved in these attacks, some even winding up in the hospital. First, murder hornets, and now this. I love animals, but these Japanese monkeys are losers and just plain terrifying. But speaking of unsettling things, my next loser this week isn't a person, but a weird pink sauce made famous on TikTok. This Pepto-Bismol-colored condiment isn't just gross-looking. Apparently, its creator is wrapped up in quite the controversy. Her name is Chef Veronica Shaw, and her videos with this dragon fruit-based sauce have millions of views, so naturally, people wanted to try it for themselves. Apparently, Shaw hosted a pink sauce giveaway, but when these consumers got the product, they noticed some 
abnormalities. For starters, the nutrition label stated that the sauce bottle had 444 servings and a serving size of one tablespoon. That equates to almost 28 cups of sauce in one bottle. Not possible. The ingredient vinegar was also misspelled on the label and had no mention of preservatives, despite the fact the sauce contains milk. Yeah, that's a problem. Shaw responded to this controversy live on YouTube to set the record straight, saying the product sent in these giveaways was just a prototype. Okay, Houston, we still have a problem because real-life humans consumed your prototypes. Shaw also claims to be seeking FDA approval for her product, though in a series of videos posted to her channel, she doesn't appear to know what FDA approval even means. Chef Shaw isn't a loser for turning her TikTok sensation into a side hustle, but perhaps y'all should think twice before consuming a prototype sauce sent to you by someone you don't know on social media. Just some food for thought. It's been a weird start to August, folks. Hang on tight. But up next, her husband, Matthew Goldstein, was charged with murder in the death of suspected Taliban bomb maker. But by the grace of God and Donald Trump, he was pardoned, but not before he and his family went through hell. His wife, Julie, joins me next. Former Green Beret Matthew Goldstein was charged with murder in the 2010 death of a suspected Taliban bomb maker. For nine years, his family went through hell fighting the charge and campaigning for his innocence. That was until and when President Trump stepped in with a pardon, giving Matthew and his family their lives back. His wife, Julie, and the author of the new book, It Is Up To You, joins me now. Julie, I haven't seen you in a few years. You look amazing. <laughs> no, you have you. the glow of, of family <laughs> innocence on your face. But the last time I saw you, your family was really going through hell and you were kind of taking on the burden of a lot of it, fighting the battle until President Trump came in with that pardon. And I know that that was the <laughs> grace of God for your family. But catch me up on where you've been since you and I last spoke way back in 2019. When we first talked, wow, I was an exhausted, scared, out of my mind, brand new mom who was all of a sudden in the public eye had never <laughs> thought I would ever deal with anything in this arena ever. And um, I was just trying to find my way and, and you know, talk about what was kind of trying to shine a light on what was really going on behind the scenes, because it's definitely not what the army was putting out. And that was the case with so many. And there was an era, especially when Donald Trump was in office, because he was very sympathetic mm -hmm. to your family and to others' families that were going through this. The media was ripping you apart, <laughs> calling your husband a murderer. Let's go back to the case itself for those mm -hmm. that aren't familiar, because it has been a few years. As I read in my open there, he was charged with murder. You know, he admitted to killing what he said was a, a Taliban bomb maker. Now, you wouldn't think on its face that that would be problematic. Right. You know, somebody going over in a position of being in the military, taking out a threat, you would think that that would be pretty standard. Right. But that's not the way that the Army saw it, and that is not the way the court of public opinion, especially from those on the left, saw it. So I always think to myself, doesn't that headline sound really funny when somebody says he murdered a Taliban bomb maker? Like, Taliban bomb maker tells you everything you need to know. And what was interesting to me about the case was from 2011 to 2015, up until the time when Matt was first cleared, it was a bomb maker. He just killed him outside the rules of engagement. Okay. Then after the Board of Inquiry, oh, no, he was killed within the rules of engagement. You did nothing wrong. In 2018, the news story was he was a farmer. And what they were going to do was, and they had started to classify all of the records prior to the second case so that it couldn't be brought up at trial, wouldn't be mentioned in the news unless by our side, and they tried to hide all of that. 
a farmer who was, what, farming bombs? I mean, it's very interesting that those in journalism, especially those that you think, you know, they're seeking the truth to report it, but also these are American journalists largely that were really defaming your husband yes. as well as those that he served with. You've got somebody who's building bombs to kill mm -hmm. American troops, American soldiers, American Marines, American mm -hmm. special ops folks. And yet it's outside of the rules and engagement, which is also bizarre to me because you wouldn't think when you're in a situation of war that there would be rules of engagement for taking out a bomb maker. Mm -mm. But that's where your family was. And, you know, actually, funnily enough, your husband admitted this when he was on Fox News. Yeah. And that's where this all started. For those was, that aren't familiar, yeah. he didn't think he was saying anything that was... It wasn't anything was, new. It had already been hashed out. It, we already knew that it had started with one criminal investigation division agent who lied. He had to admit under oath during the Board of Inquiry that he lied. He made up what Matt has been, what's been attributed to Matt is him saying that he killed a detainee, which like that word changes everything. And okay, so now we know it's a lie. We know it's a false narrative that's been pushed. And that's what he said. It just got repeated over and over again. And then, you know, here we are. Like, it, it, people were writing, journalists, so-called journalists, were writing things like, you know, he went into the cell and killed him. Like, they're just making up that's sensational not stories what that are anti-American, sensationalized stories. Yes. But then here you have Donald Trump, and you got a pardon from <laughs> Donald Trump. But you got to tell me because this was <laughs> this happened after you and I spoke. Uh -huh. What was that like? What did he say to your family, and what did he do for your family? So right from the very beginning, the first time I was on Fox, which was like 72 hours after we got the charge, I was on with Pete. We got off. I was in the car on the way home, and Pete called me. He's like, Trump just tweeted. And I was like, I don't tweet. He's like, well, go check it out. And he tweeted about Matt's case. And I thought, okay, that we got, He's got, his we got eyes the on attention right. um, on this, so we're going in the right direction. Um, and then I spoke with you the next month, and it, you know, we waited until mid-November. So through all of that, you know, was absolutely horrible. Um, but when we would get little tidbits of information about, you know, he's, he's watching, he's looking, he's, you know, he's paying attention to what's going on, that I, don't, I can't even describe, like, what that did for us just to give us some hope because it seemed so hopeless. You're fighting this huge bureaucracy, anonymous bureaucracy, where they all cover for one another and... It, it, it was so disheartening to me as an American to find out that this is how the upper echelons of our military act. And how you're treated, too. Yes. Military families that have risked, that have sacrificed so mm -hmm. much, then being treated like criminals. Yes. And it makes me sick. You know, they took Matt Silver Star away from him early, in like 2014, when it was just on a suspicion. They had no evidence of anything. There were, ev there were emails going around saying things like, um, find something on Goldstein, case going nowhere. And his, his Silver Star was actually already upgraded to a Distinguished Service Cross, right below the Medal of Honor. And before they gave that to him, they took away the Silver Star for something completely unrelated. What is the motivation? That, at that point, was to break him. But why would the military want to break its own? I think that they get into something so far and then they have to justify why they got there. Because it can't be th those people that are bad. It has to be this one bad apple that did something horrible. It can't, 
it, they wouldn't lie about it. That's what a lot of people would say to me is, well, why would the army lie about it? And if general so-and-so says this and general so like, they're the worst. Well, that's been what I've heard from many people that are in the military, that there is a very distinct difference between those who are serving and those who are in higher positions that are in the upper echelons, as you say, mm -hmm. that maybe have forgotten what it's like to be lower ranking, would have forgotten. Or have never been in combat. Right. Or have, you know, been maybe in a combat zone, but have never had to, you know, face the enemy face to face. Um, Mark Milley was responsible for this whole second part. It's astounding, and I know that it's not just your family, but we are right alongside the Gallagher family mm -hmm. as they face something very similar, mm -hmm. and it did seem like a witch hunt. But that's something that Donald Trump is very used to, a witch hunt. Yes. So I think that that also maybe caught his eye because in some ways, obviously very, very different, he can relate to unrelenting media pressure in the court of public opinion convicting yep. you before you even get your chance to speak your piece. Mm -hmm. Did Trump... Talk to your family. So he actually, we got the call at home. Is this, you know, this is Maria from the White House. We're just calling to make sure this is a good number for Major Goldstein. And I was like, yes, of course it is. And they were like, well, he'll call sometime today. And like 30 seconds later, he called. And um, it was amazing. I mean, the first thing he said was, Major, it's an honor to speak with you. I mean, so humble and caring. He was amazing. Talked to us for 15 minutes asked our opinions on things. Matt and I were looking at each other like, trying to like stop, because we're like, this is the president. He's got better things to do to talk to us. Isn't it, isn't it wild? I've also had a phone call from the White House <laughs> and from President Trump. And during the call, I had to pinch myself because I thought I was talking to a family member. Yes. That's how relaxed he is. Yes. That's how down to earth and easy to talk to he is. And then you forget, oh my gosh, this is the president yes. of the United States. But he makes everybody feel important it and was, special. It was amazing. And then he didn't know I was there. And he said something to Matt along the lines of, boy, your wife, your wife was such a, you know, wow, she did such a great job representing you. She can represent me anytime. And I was just like, I'm right here. Like, it's That's such so an exciting. honor to talk to you. But we joked about different things. And it was so relaxed. And like you said, it was like talking to an old friend. It was crazy. And then um, I think two months later, we met him in person. And he, he doesn't rush. He takes his time. Um, it again, asking us questions and things was like in a huddle with us. And I'm like, I, I'm like, he this values is the, the opinion. He, he values does. the opinions. He and does. the thing that I love about Donald Trump is that he is somebody that you think would be the elite of the elite, a billionaire, somebody who grew up, you know, really in an ivory tower, uh -huh. a gold tower. Yeah. But <laughs> he treats people like he's from the Midwest and he doesn't dress like he's from the Midwest no. and he doesn't dress like no. we do. He's always in a suit, but he's so, he's so friendly and he's so down to earth. But I have to ask you, too, do you think that the outcome of your case would have been the same if President Biden were in office? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Biden was around for the first round from 2011 to 2015. And, um, you know, we hear a lot of things through back channels about who was involved in the second one. So, no, if if Biden or really any Democrat had been in or maybe any uh, yeah, at this rhino point. Republican, um, anybody other than President Trump, Matt would be in prison. And, and everybody who participated would be okay with that. I don't know how they sleep at night. Knowing what they did to try to make this fake case, there were generals from the Pentagon going over to the Oval Office every day after Trump announced that he was going to act. And, because uh, actually Pete went on the air and said, I'm allowed to announce it, he's going to act in these cases. 
and to tell him to not get involved. And in fact, we were told that the big guy, one of them, not Joe Biden big guy, the other army big guy, said, I don't care what you do in other cases, but Goldstein has to go to trial. So it became a personal vendetta. Well, now mm-hmm. your, your life has been restored. Thanks, yes. Thank goodness President mm-hmm. Trump was in office. But what has it been like? Now, now you're writing books. Yes. Everything is good. Has your life returned to some kind of a normalcy? Tell me where, where you've gone since then. We went from all of that right into the holidays and then right into COVID. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so we've been in like this twilight zone since late 2018. It's been very strange. Um, people at home all the time, <laughs> never going anywhere. Um, it's just been really, really strange, but such a relief to know that it can't happen again. I mean, that was another concern of ours. Can't keep bringing um, this thing can't back up. Keep bringing it up. Um, we won. It's just a great feeling to see truth win. Right. Unfortunately, we haven't seen anybody, of course, held accountable for anything. I, don't, I can't even expect that anymore. Well, there's a lot of the swamp, and it's not just those that sit in Congress. There's oh, no. a big swamp in the in administrations, mm-hmm. in all administrations. Yep. But now things are better for you. Yes. You've written a book, yes, and you have I did. it there. I did. And you were kind enough to send me one as well. Yes. So what's the book about, and what inspired you to write it, Julie? So while we were going through all of that, I... If I hadn't reframed the whole experience, I really would have lost my mind. I lost my mind to some degree, but especially just having the baby and everything, but I would have really lost it. Um, I tried to just find every day the lesson in it. Like, okay, what is God trying to teach me today? He's once again teaching me that I don't control anything. I have no power to do anything except take care of myself and my family. Um, And he's got the rest and I just have to have faith in that. Um, But I would wonder about these people who are participating and they know what's going on behind the scenes and they just openly lie about it and and break their own rules, their their own military law to get, it just, it never, I can't wrap my mind around it. And I just thought, you're never going to figure that out. So I decided to focus on people who, you know, stood up, you, Pete, President Trump, uh, all the people who, I mean, I have made friends from all over the world, from people who have just supported us. It's, it's amazing. They're like my family now. It is, it was the hardest thing I think I could have ever gone through, but being that it was so extended, but it was also been a blessing. I, I learned a lot of things. Um, never thought I'd learn, but um, I did. So this is, you know, on a kid's level, because they face the same kind of things that we do, Mm -hmm. just on a smaller scale. And as you get older, the consequences get bigger, like people might go to jail for the rest of their lives. Um, But it's down to their level, but not it doesn't minimize their experiences. But it just talks about doing the right thing, even when no one's looking. And it is hard. It addresses the fact that it is hard. And not everybody's going to like you. You may, you know, lose friends and things like that. But there will be people who agree with you. And sometimes they just need the spark of one person who's gonna stand up for what's right, and they follow. So be that person. Right. Don't be the person who just blindly follows, looking out for yourself and what's safe. 
that's the thing is like there was this fear like I can't stand up and do the right thing um no you you can but you're making a choice and a lot of people chose themselves and their careers and I I get that to an extent but well I love that and I think it's so important for young people to learn that you might not always be popular, right. but you maintain your integrity, your authenticity, right. and your loyalty to the truth and nothing but the truth, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's gonna make you unpopular, and that is okay. <laughs> and as fine. you grow up, you realize that that is even more okay with you than you right. ever thought imaginable. I live mm-hmm. my life that way. Mm-hmm. I know you live your life I, that way. Yep. Sometimes we have to go through <laughs> adversity to find that, yep. but I tell people this all the time, and I tell especially young people, and I think this is a big theme and message in your book as well. It's once you do stand up, then it becomes like riding a bike and it becomes routine and you don't have to think about it anymore. It's just innate within you. And great for you for writing a book to teach young people how to do that, teach children how to do that so they can learn when they're five, six, seven, eight years old instead of learning it at 25, 30, 35, 40, 50 years old. It's too late then. I mean, it's it's a skill. It really is a skill that you have to practice. It's... It's, it can be hard. It can be very hard. And, you know, another thing I wanted to do, and it was important for me, um, you know, he's Henry. That's my baby. Um, made a little older. But I wanted him to see that you can take a really bad situation and turn it into something positive for everyone around you. And you don't have to wallow in the self-pity or the, the sadness or the despair of it all. Um, do something good with it. So the last thing I do want to ask mm-hmm. you, too, is as your son is growing up, how are you going to tell him about what happened to Matt and what Matt went through? That is an excellent question. Um, I've, I have saved all of the you know interviews and things like that. Um, he calls Pete Uncle Pete. Um, he told me the other day he wants to write a book so he can go see Uncle Pete. And that's Pete Hegseth for yes. those that are, are yes. unfamiliar, right? And I said, well, I'm going to see Miss Tommy this time. He said, I want to go see Miss Tommy. So he knows that, like, something's strange, that mommy's on TV sometimes, but I just think that I'll, you know, introduce it using this as far as, you know, sometimes people do the wrong things and can't stand up for what's right, and this is what happened to us, and your life could have been dramatically different, dramatically different. I looked at that two-month-old, and I thought... That could have been in prison. I finally had this baby that I've waited for forever and his father's well at first it was the death penalty i mean how do you even wrap your mind about that right what am i going to tell this child how can i tell this child anything about america if if this happens and i just think that you know focusing once again on the people who did the right thing people who came out from the inside to give anonymous tips and things like that about what was going on those people I, I cannot think enough. I. Well, you are incredibly resilient and you were a great representative for Matt Thank and for you. a lot of those military families out there that have been in similar situations, will be in similar situations. Yeah. Tell people where they can find your book. So you can find their it kids. at um, juliegoldsteinwrites.com and you can get um, personalized signed copies there. It is back in stock on Amazon and Target, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. Congratulations to you, you. Julie. You've come so far, (laughs) and every bit is deserved. You really made lemons out of, uh, or you really made lemonade out of lemons in a situation that was really difficult. But good for you, and I'm so happy that I get to follow you to this part of the journey, and now it is so much better. So God bless your family, God bless America, and God bless (laughs) Donald Trump. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) 
But still ahead, low approval Joe is trying to entice student support with a new loan forgiveness plan paid for by taxpayers. Of course, my final thoughts are next. In a sorry attempt to curry favor with low-information young voters, Joe Brandon is plotting more student loan forgiveness. And guess who is going to foot the bill? The American taxpayer. Oh, you bet your hard-earned bottom dollar I have some final thoughts. Biden's federal student loan payment pause is set to expire at the end of the month, but it looks like Grandpa Joe is about to swoop in with some more of that free money the kiddos have grown so accustomed to. Word on the street is Joe, more accurately Joe's teleprompter, is set to cancel $10,000 of student loan debt per borrower, borrower. But there's a catch. If you got a degree worth a darn and earn more than $150,000 per year, you might not get any forgiveness whatsoever. Other groups that won't be able to cash in on this taxpayer-funded free, free, free for all, the over 70% of Americans without a degree, those who went to a school they could actually afford without taking out thousands or tens of thousands of dollars in loans, and those who busted their butts to pay back our own student loan debt. I guess we're just SOL, huh? But just because we won't be getting any free forgiveness money doesn't mean that we're off the hook for paying for it. There is no such thing as a free lunch or a free education if your neighbor has to pay for it. You're just passing the buck, literally. And I don't know about y'all, but I quite frankly don't want to be on the hook for someone else's education, which likely consists of between four and six years of boozing, fratting, and or useless courses in art, philosophy, women's studies, etc. That's a load of crap. You want a free education? Join the damn military and earn it. What message is this sending to young people? that they can spend other people's money willy-nilly? How was this different from buying a Mercedes on a Prius budget and then expecting your neighbor to cover your payments? Though I shouldn't be giving Democrats any ideas because in their socialist utopia, that'll likely be next. This whole student loan forgiveness via increased government intervention is the exact reason we are in the position we are in when it comes to crushing student loan debt. It's all a symptom of the government-subsidized student loan racket. Back in 2010, under the Obama administration, shocker, the federal government took over student loans, taking on and guaranteeing 90% of the nation's $1.1 trillion student loan burden. This made it easier to borrow money, but that's not necessarily a good thing, my friends. So now what? Colleges and universities have zero incentive to compete with one another on price. The more student and federal aid available, the higher prices go. That's why the cost of tuition continues to rise. In this era of big government student loans, students and parents are able to take out loans for the sticker price of tuition and pay it back over a quarter of a century. So most go for it whether they can afford it or not. Then students graduate with crushing debt while their universities dance all the way to the bank. You want to make college affordable again? Get the federal government and Joe Brandon the hell out. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.